0: I want to start uh, by invoking uh, some wisdom from John Mayer, and um, I realize in saying that I've already appealed to some of you and lost some of you uh, uh, at the same time, but just bear with me. Um, it's just a story uh, uh, from that uh, I saw on a YouTube video a little while back, and it was, he was explaining how he put together one of his favorite electric guitars. Like over years, he had had all these details in mind and then um, connected with the the guitar manufacturer and was uh, actually allowed to go and help make this thing. And I mean, he planned it down to the most minute detail. Like he even, you know, electric guitars are painted. He even like shaved off and beat it up to allow the wood uh, more uh, uh, exposed sections so that it would reverberate. And all of these little details would go into uh, this, would be a truly magical instrument um, that would, every part of it would resonate, and I knew exactly the way he wanted to. Um, so he did it, they allowed him to come in, he had he got to sand on it, he got to saw on it, and like have a little part of each part of building it, and then they sent it to him, and he took it out of the box and plugged it in, it's like Christmas, and it was fine. Like, It did what it was supposed to do. It sounded like an electric guitar um, by all general appearances, but there was no magic uh, in that instrument that was uh, expected. Um, After several days, he ended up figuring out what the problem was. It was something really simple, like something like one of the wires was disconnected in the back, like it had just come loose. Like a fundamental part of uh, the way this instrument is powered uh, was disconnected. And as soon as he plugged it in, it was like, whoop. It it booted into action, and then all of a sudden, there it was. Like, that was the sound that he had been waiting for uh, this whole time. Uh, But that stuck out to me because um, I wonder if your life feels like that sometimes, and particularly your uh, spiritual life. Uh, I know mine does often. um, That we've got a lot of great resources around us. We know a lot of stuff. Uh, We've got good counselors, we've got good Bible studies, we've got a good community support system, we're working hard, we're taking our kids to all the right things, and at the end of the day, uh, it's fine. Like, if anything, if when we really stop and pause and think about it deep down, like, it might not even be quite fine. Like, we might describe uh, the way life feels more of one of exhaustion or even exasperation to a point. It's like, we know what it, we've got this idea in our mind what it should be like, and this is just not it. And we kind of want to stop and ask ourselves, like, well, how did I get here? It's a little Talking Heads reference for you there. Um, Like, how did I get from where I was to this point where I would be feeling um, this way? And I I say that to introduce this, um, we're going to look at this passage um, in Matthew chapter six, uh, because I think there's something similar going on with what Jesus is addressing in this passage, Um, that there is such a thing as a, a spirituality that by all visible, um, by what it looks like, that it's the right thing, Um, that it's powerful in its own way. But at the end, at the end of the day, it just doesn't have the magic. Um, that there's nothing in it um, that, gives some, that conveys something that is truly solid or truly desirable. And Jesus wants to poke, it, poke a little bit on that um, in um, his listeners' lives. And this is, this is really what this season of Lent is about. This is what this service is about. is, it is an invitation for us to look inside, uh, to look at you know, what Jesus says to us about what the Christian life is truly powered by. Um, like what animates the whole thing and then to look at our own lives and see as they match up, um, in a way, um, and that's why we call it that it's a, um, a season of repentance. And in a way, all that means, I think what all Jesus is doing is he is calling us to go back to the basics is in whatever life has turned out, like however complicated it has gotten, uh, for us is, is an invitation to come back to the basics of the true heart. Uh, that powers and animates the whole thing. And we saw here in Matthew 6 um, these instructions, um, which are really rebuke of the, um, the hypocrites, uh, which in the background of this are the scribes and the Pharisees, where what, what, their, what their Christian spiritual life looks like is that there is an outer persona that is very disconnected from what is going on on the inside. Um, that there is a lot of, like, these are people who are earnest and who know a lot of stuff, who are working very, very hard. Uh, they probably have unique insights. I mean, they have everything at their disposal. And yet, what it produces is an outer shell of what looks to the human eye as something that is very, very spiritual, but at the end of the day, is something that is quite empty inside. And that what is inside, by comparison to what looks like on the outside, is characterized by, among it, uh, many things. Among other, you know, at the heart of it, I think, is a love of self. um, As opposed to the love of the thing that they are professing, they and we are professing to worship. Um, That is a life that is characterized on the outside by religious activity. And on the inside, there is a lot of pride. And there is a lot of duplicitousness. Um, there is likely um, criticism and judgment of those around them, a very different life on the outside that is on the inside and Jesus is handing it, this is in the this passage is in the middle of a larger section called the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is explaining the law of God, how it was always intended to be used, and it was never ever intended to give an outward um, persona or an outward appearance of righteousness, but it was always meant to appeal to the heart, to actually bring the human person together in a way that is fully um, geared towards worship of God. That's what it was meant for. And so he's using instances like this to say, this is what the point always was of all of these rules. It is not for the plaudits of other people, but it's actually to draw on the heart and it is meant to um, allow the heart somewhere to evidence the deeper love of God and neighbor that is supposed to be there. And why do you think Jesus is doing this? Why do you think he is, he is raising the bar of what the law of God, what his purposes for human beings always were? Is because in a way he is taking a flashlight and he is shining it into the lives of these people that have an appearance of spiritual power and that are desperately empty on the inside. And I I think, you know, we might not relate to somebody walking around with a grimacy face, like because we are are fasting. But we know what it is like um, to act one way in public and then to hold together another persona on the inside. Uh, We know what it is like to go to all the things and to do all the right things and be racked um, with anger, resentment, criticism of other people, and the like. And I think at the root of all of these things is pride. Pride sometimes is hard to see, but one of the easiest ways for it to come out is because the pride is very easily wounded. And it doesn't take far to look before we look at our own lives and we can notice areas where, um, you know, what throws me? What really throws me? you know, when, you know, cracks in my outward persona start to appear. Like, what, what, where do I get really offended? Uh, where do I get really down, like I'm worth nothing? Um, those kind of areas. Um, it's inside, and it is easy to see. And Jesus wants us to hold up a mirror so that we will see it. But why does he want us to see it? And what value do you think that that has for us? It is because if that is what we want to put our lives in, did you get the refrain that said over and over again? It says they had to operate that way, have already received their reward. You know what that means? It's like you want to get likes and plaudits and inclusion and all those things. And if that's what your life is geared towards, slow clap, there it is. Is that not the most hollowing thing to think about? I mean, that just, that, that just seems so empty. I mean, that in itself is a life that is characterized by exhaustion. Trying to maintain that and to keep that sense of applause going. But what Jesus is really after, and even the reason he's holding up that mirror of the law, is because also he is not just revealing ourselves to us, but he is revealing somebody else. And way back in chapter 5, then he has, there's that famous verse where Jesus says, I have not come to abolish this law. I've not come to do away with it. I'm not just saying it doesn't matter anymore, so have confidence and go about your lives." He's saying, I have come to fulfill this thing. And that means a lot of things for us. One, he is showing us what it was all about in his life. Like, he's actually the one who is demonstrating and clarifying for us this is what the law was always about. It has always been about the heart, not just the outside. But he's done much more than that. Is that Christ is the new Adam? He is the new one who is the beginning of a whole new group of people that is born not from the law, but from the Spirit. Jesus is the one who kept the law perfectly. And Jesus is the one who, as he brings us and unites us with himself, only him and the power of the Holy Spirit is he actually able in our hearts to produce something that is new and is valuable and is solid and is good. You know what the power of the gospel is that Jesus is trying to get us to see by showing ourselves and showing us Jesus is that our lives are beacons of God's grace every single day. That we are all in Christ, are examples of God's pursuit when we were lost and we were duplicitous and when we were and are every day battling with our own pride and our ego and our struggles with ourselves. We are the recipients of God's grace and it is His delight that through you through our being connected with Christ in the spirit, that he would inside of you do something radically new and different. That is the power of the gospel and that is the substance whereby we live. What Jesus wants us to do is to come back to himself, to come back to the very basics of of what he did for us in the first place that we would remember and that we would not depart from that fundamental level of his grace that he has brought us to. And so this calling of repentance, it is not so that we will feel ashamed more than we would before. Because all that will do will just produce another crust around the persona that we are trying to hold up. He is trying to show us this so that we would come back and that we would rest. That we would let go of these little empty applauses. Around that we want so desperately and our hearts would be free to receive it and then to love. And the surprising thing he promises that as he does that and as he keeps us rooted in God's grace, then he is making us new from the inside out. And those might be very surprising in ways that we don't even see. But that's our hope. And so that's our call as we are looking at ourselves now is I've been doing this this week I've been convicted of a lot of pride, and I'm not just saying that because this is this is the thing I was tasked to preach on this week. Um, you know, the heart is a is a slippery thing, and it loves what it loves, and it goes where it wants to. And if you have ever tried to wrestle that on your own strength, you know that that is an impossible thing to do. But what we have is an opportunity to come back to the real substance to revel in God's grace, um, to be thankful, to let go. And so I wonder if you would join me in in doing that um, and the rest of us as a community, uh, that we might be eager to confess our sins together, uh, that we might be eager to lay off of the weights that so easily entangled us, and that we might look and hope uh, to what Jesus might do on the inside. Amen.